All right, promisers, grab a seat. As you heard, Pastor Josh, we're about to shift gears into a gear that we rarely shift into. So we're going to drop the dBs, we're going to kill all the effects, and we're going to have a very, very contemplative, uh, much quieter experience. We're going to go in and out of Scripture and prayer. We're going to go in and out of worship and the Word. So you'll know when it's time to take the Lord's Supper. We'll, we'll give you clear directions, so don't worry about that. But really, if you would just block out everything in the world, and in, and in this hour, focus on you and God and your walk with Him. Because what we're going to do is we're going we're to celebrate communion. Communion of the saints or the Lord's Supper. So for 2,000 years, Christ followers in an unbroken chain of worship and celebration, have gathered around the table of the Lord to remember what Jesus did. We gather around to celebrate the work on the cross, to celebrate the sacrifice, to celebrate all that he did. See, it's, it's, it's celebration, and it's the celebration was set in motion by our Lord. We're going to read those scriptures in a few minutes, but where it was the Passover that had been celebrated for, for you know, long time in the history of Israel, but he shifted it after the Passover into the Lord's Supper. So for 21 centuries, unbroken have, have, has been the celebration of what Jesus did. Now, the word celebration is odd because in reality, it's a celebration of an execution. That's what it is. We're celebrating that Jesus was executed on a cross, gave up his life for us, that he paid for our sins. I don't know about you, but my sins were piled to the skies, a drug addict and a dope dealer, and I am hyper grateful that Jesus paid for my sins. Anybody else in the house? Anybody else feel that way? Man, just grateful, grateful. Now, but you think about this, from heavens, we usually think about looking up, think looking down. Think if you were God for a minute. Now, if you were God, we'd all be in trouble. But just imagine, and, and, and when it came time to the service to remember the death of your son, would you believe that would be important to God? If it was your son that was sacrificed for humanity? And so it is important to God. The celebration matters because he does not want the death of his son forgotten. <clears throat> he does not want us to forget the love that was shown, the grace that was given, the price that was paid, and the fact that the door to heaven is open because of what Jesus did for us. And so what Jesus says to the disciples as he is nearing the end of his earthly ministry, he's going to be crucified. He said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And people have debated over the millennial what that means, but it's very clear in Scripture that the keys to the kingdom of heaven is the gospel. And the gospel, the word gospel means good news. And I don't know for you, I don't know about you, but for me, the gospel is good news. The gospel is simply this, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. As, have you sinned? Is, is anybody, have we all sinned? Have y'all sinned? That's four of you. The rest of y'all sinned? Because if you hadn't, we need to hook you up with a pope while he's in the country. <clears throat> We've all sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Over and over. We were, we were sinners by nature, and then when we got old enough, we all became sinners by choice. 
and we've broken the law of God. But the Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the godly for the ungodly. That he took our sins upon him and that we might become the righteousness of Christ through him. And so he, he took our place. You know, somebody had to be punished for the law of God had to be, had to, had to be taken care of. And Jesus took our punishment. He took our place. He, he did our time. He, we did the crime. He did the time. That's what he did. And so for some of you, this is going to be your very first communion. And, and so for, for some of you, it's truly going to be your first communion as a saint because you're about to open your heart up to Jesus. And, and by the way, it, we're not made saints by a religious figure. We become saints when we are washed in the blood of Jesus. And we are all saints if you're born again. We don't all act like saints, but we are all saints if you're born again. Because if you read the, the letters in the New Testament, they're written to the saints at Ephesus, the, saint, the saints at Philippi, the saints at Galatia, written to the saints at Rome. We're all saints. So if you're ready, if you realize that, as Isaiah said, your sins have made a separation between you and your God, your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not see. But he said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're ready to have your sins forgiven, if you're ready to give God your garbage and receive God's glory, to give him your shame and receive God's, God's forgiveness, if you're ready, then he's ready to do business. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready, we're going to pray a simple confessional prayer with you out loud as you open your heart up to Jesus. Pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I've blown it. I confess it. Forgive me. I invite you into my life. I confess you as my Lord. You died for me. You paid for my sins. And you rose from the grave. Now I will follow you by faith from now on. I am a Christ follower. Help me to, help me to do it. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house. My Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. Church, let's say this together remain in his presence I speak as to wise men you judge what I say is not the cup of blessing which we bless is sharing in the blood of Christ is not the bread which we break is sharing in the body of Christ since there is one bread we who are many are one body 
for we all partake of the one bread. Broken and spilled out, his blood, his life, was given for us so that we might gain heaven and have a relationship with the Father. So the Lord's Supper is, is a, it's a celebration, but it's also a proclamation because Jesus said as often as we eat and we drink, we proclaim his death until he comes. So it's a proclamation. And then the third thing it is, it's a reflection. <clears throat> when we gather around the table, we, we take time to reflect on the goodness of God, on the wonder of God. And this is sort of a precursor to next weekend, but as you reflect individually, personally, on the price that was paid for you and your salvation, what it will do, it will begin to destroy doubt in your life when you, when you consider the cost. Now, now, just imagine, think about us as people. We all have a human nature, right? And our human nature is, is negative. Would y'all agree with that? We just have this bent toward negativity. And then because of a lot of experiences that we have all have, now we've developed a boatload of insecurity. Would, would, that, would that be true too? So we've got this negative bent. Now we've got this insecurity that plagues us. And then we've got a certain amount of the lies of Lucifer that he has said about us or about God or about whatever that we have allowed to affix themselves to us. And what happens is we begin to doubt God's love, not for people, not for the pastor, not for the people around you, but we begin to come to a point and saying, God, I, do you really love me? Do, do you love me where I am in my mess and all my failure, in my pain and in my shame, God? Because if you love me right where I am, wouldn't you do something about what I'm experiencing? And, and God did. He sent his son to experience it with us. He sent his son to walk through our pain. He sent his son to experience the, all the shame and all the stuff that we experience. See, every failure, every mistake, every lustful thought, every adulterous act, every evil deed that you've ever done or ever thought about doing, all of it was heaped on Jesus at the cross. Does that make sense? And this is what Jesus said. He that has been forgiven much loves much. I think that's why I love God so much because my sins were piled up to heaven and when he covered my sins, let me tell you, he covered a horde of sins. Are am I the only one? And so those of us that have been forgiven much, we love him a ton because he forgave us for so much. Because see, the only way that we would get forgiveness, the only way that, that we would be able to celebrate this table of the Lord so you can't have wine without crushing grapes. You can't have bread without crushing grain. And you can't have salvation without crushing the Messiah. By his stripes we are healed. He was chastised. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was tortured and experienced our pain. He took our place. Does that make, are, are y'all with me? So it's a time of reflection. And I'm going to tell you what I, what I do sometimes. I'm, you'll think I'm weird, but that's all right. Well, you, it just confirm what you already know. I'll just imagine Jesus on the cross in my mind getting ready for the table. And in his right arm, I'll just see a needle, syringe full of Coke. That was mine. And in this hand, I see a big fat joint. That was mine. 
And all over Jesus, I just see all of the all of the sin and all of the horrible and all the pain I caused and all the people I destroyed and all the things I did wrong. And they all fall on Jesus and then his blood covers them all up. Said, though they be red as crimson, they should be scarlet. Though they be white, though they be uh, scarlet, they should be white as snow. Man, it's a time to reflect. And I believe there's some people who sort of get what I'm talking about. He forgave you of a ton. Or he's forgiving you right now. As we reflect on the goodness of God.
Let's read these verses together out loud. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. As a pastor, as your pastor, this verse is one of the top passages that, that plague me. So I've been a senior pastor here for almost 20 years and seven years at our first church out of seminary. Almost 27 years, 33 years in ministry. And the bulk of that time, I never did the Lord's Supper on the weekend, on Sunday. I always did it on a Wednesday. So here we had a first Wednesday where we did the Lord's Supper together. And then the student ministry began to explode and take off and they sort of like locusts. They're just everywhere. And so they sort of drove our adults out on, uh, for Wednesday. And so that forced us, and actually when we did it, when we were making those plans, Pastor Josh said, okay, what are you gonna do about the Lord's Supper? I said, well, we'll have to do it on the weekend, but I'll always warn people. And this passage is, is what drives me. So for years, again, this just this bothered me, because now imagine there's 6,500 to 7,000 people here this weekend at all of our campuses. There, there, there are people from red hot, spirit-filled, man, walking in purity to over this side, lost, atheistic, angry at God, all and everything in the middle. Would y'all agree with that? And the scripture is very clear. If we're gonna take the Lord's table, that we are to examine ourselves and in doing so, eat the bread. But he who eats and drinks eats judgment to himself if he, if he doesn't judge the body rightly. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick or dead. When it says sleep, it's talking about people that have died. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to God. And so what we're told is we're told there needs to be an examination. There's a reflection, a proclamation, a celebration. But, you know, there is an examination. And that examination, the Bible says that we are to examine ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit to see if there's anything in our life that's hindering the Spirit or grieving God. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Do we want pure hearts? Amen. So the word examine in, in that passage of 1 Corinthians 11 means to test, to prove, or to scrutinize. The word was used originally in, in saying whether a metal metal was, was pure, genuine or not. Was it pure gold or did it have impurities in it? Was it pure silver or did it have impurities in it? Is it pure gold or is it fool's gold? Because everything that glitters is not gold, right? And so how's your heart? Is it pure gold or is it fool's gold? Are you born again? We've already given people an opportunity a few minutes ago to give the heart to Jesus. And if you're saved, are, is, there, is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Because I'm going to pray. And we're going we're gonna to have a couple moments of silence. And this one we're going to ask. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about anything in your life that you need to confess. Is that okay? Is that okay? I'm glad you said yes because I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak. And then when the Holy Spirit prompts you about something in your life, the Bible says to confess it. 
And to confess means to agree with. So when, when God pricks you, that was a lustful deal. Say, Lord, I agree with that. I lusted. I repent. I'm sorry. First John 1, 9, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful to us, forgive you, and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And that's the last step in preparation to take the table of the Lord is an examination. So are we good? Are we on the same page? Holy Spirit, we ask you to fall in this house like you did in Pentecost. We ask you to move in a, in, a, in a gentle blowing wind. And we're asking you, we're calling to let the psalmist ask for a full-scale investigation. Search us and know us and try us and see if there be any hurtful way in us. See if there's any presumptuous sins in us. And God, if you will point those out, we will confess those and the blood of Jesus will cover those and we can gather on the table with gratitude and purity. And so we're asking you, God, that you are more than capable. We're asking you right now to, to begin to speak to hearts. As the Spirit of God moves, listen, don't, don't build a wall to block him out. Allow him in, into every room, not part of your life, but all of your life. Don't resist. Spirit of God, just continue to move through. Continue moving. That's right. As he speaks to you, just go ahead and confess that. Right now, just go ahead. Right now to him. You can do it in your heart. God knows your thoughts. Just go ahead and confess that. servants are listening. Show us. We want revival. We'll confess it. We'll repent. We want to gather around the table and we want to walk in purity. convicting some man in here about about adultery this very second God I just pray that he would confess it and repent and walk away from it in Jesus name fall on us Lord fall on us Spirit of God
together when the hour had come he reclined at the table and the apostles with him and he said to them I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I say to you I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God and when he had taken a cup and given thanks he said take this and share it among yourselves for I say to you I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This is the cup which is poured out for you and is the new covenant in my blood. A new covenant, a new door, a new way for us to enter heaven. Thanks be to the Lord. He didn't take a shortcut. When he, when he agonized in the garden, he didn't say, I'm bailing on this. He said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And he was willing to go the distance for you and me. That's how much he loves you. That's why when you contemplate the cost, it removes, destroys doubt in your life. So in just a second, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to make our way to the tables. There are, in front of the grandstands, there's a row of tables between the first and second uh, sections, there are rows of tables. And in the front section, there are tables. Just make your way to a table. Pick up a cracker, pick up some juice, take it back to your seat. We don't need to do this for you. This is just, and just say, Lord, thank you for the body, your body that was broken and eat it. Thank you for the blood that was spilled for me and drink it. 
And then the worship team is going to lead us into some worship. Because, you know, this whole day, it's not about loud. It's not about, it's not about smoke. It's not about special effects. At the end of the day, it's about Jesus. It's about the gospel. It's about the cross. It's about the cost. It's about the word of God. So, Father, we have prepared. You've convicted, you've revealed, we've reflected, we've worshiped quietly in your presence. And now we're going to gather around the table. We're going to remember and we're going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back to get us. So God, I pray that you will fill us with gratitude, with your glory. I pray that you would give us clear insight into the price that you paid for us. We're going to worship you now around your table in Jesus' name. And all God's people said...